I am worried about those those memories fading. So that's why I too I do try to talk about it often. But I just want him. It's just very important for him to always remember how much he was loved by my husband. I'm Lee Silverstein, and this is the Colon Cancer Podcast. Welcome to episode 92 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And we have a major announcement coming really soon, most likely with the very next episode. I literally jumping out of my seat with excitement about our new endeavor that's going to help us greatly expand our reach, be able to share more stories with more people. You don't want to miss this as an announcement. How do you make sure that you don't? Real simple. Just subscribe to the show. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, real simple, go to the coloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Choose the way you listen to your podcast, whether it be on our website, via iTunes, Android device, etc. That will ensure that you don't miss this big announcement or any future episodes. So be sure to do that. If you have friends and family who you think would be inspired by these amazing stories, please share that with them as well. Once again, it's at thecoloncancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Talk about some upcoming events in the colon cancer community. Just a reminder, there's a number of Get Your Rear and Gear events and golf events coming up in the next few weeks. For our friends up in North Carolina, anywhere near Pilot Mountain, this coming Saturday on April 28th is the Mitch Turner Drive Away Cancer Classic that's taking place at Pilot Knob Park. Also this Saturday for our golfers down in Austin, Texas, at the Gray Rock Golf Club is the third annual Hackers Scramble, the Caboose Cup. Both of these events are to help uh, raise money and awareness for colorectal cancer and are both are sponsored by the Colon Cancer Coalition. And then we have, as we flip the page to May, a couple of Get Your Rear and Gear 5K Run Walks events taking place starting on Saturday, May 19th in Oklahoma City at Journey Church in Norman, Oklahoma is the Get Your Rear and Gear event. And then the next day on Sunday, the event that I'll be attending, my wife Linda and I will be attending our first Get Your Rear and Gear event. And that is Sunday, May 20th at Bill Frederick Park in Orlando, Florida. And then the following Sunday, May the 27th for our friends out in Wichita, Kansas is their Get Your Rear and Gear event. And that's taking place at Farm and Art Market Plaza. For more information on these and all other Colon Cancer Coalition events, visit the Colon Cancer Coalition website at coloncancercoalition.org forward slash events. 
I often see people posting in the various Facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated. And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is offering listeners of the Colon Cancer Podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, they'll give you 10% off your first order. My guest this week is Dana George, and I had the pleasure of meeting Dana at the Call on Congress event that took place uh, at the end of March up in Washington, D.C. It was great getting to know her. Dana is a passionate advocate for not only Fight CRC, but also the American Cancer Society's Cancer Action Network, and she does all this work to preserve and honor the memory of her husband, Jean, who passed away in 2015. So join me now for my conversation with Dana Georges. Dana, welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you this evening? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. It's it's funny, you you and I were joking a little bit before uh, I hit the record button. This is the second time that I was preparing for an interview for the show and I look on Facebook and that person, in this case you, is being profiled, in this case, by the Fight CRC folks. I think the last time that happened was with my interview with uh, Gina Benedetti. So I guess the stars kind of like all aligned here. Yes, it's crazy how that worked out. I didn't even realize when I scheduled the appointment that that was going to be the release date for my video. When was that recorded? That was done last year, and I'm thinking around August, the ambassadors were together in Missouri. Tell me what it's like to be an ambassador. Well, uh, I'm just really honored and thankful that they chose me to be one of the 25 ambassadors for 2017-2018. Um, I started um, in advocacy with the American Cancer Society Cancer Action Network, and I still do that. I'm an advocate um, for Congressional District 3 and also um, an event leadership team lead. But I say that to say um, once that that's how I first got involved after um, my husband had passed from colon cancer. But I wanted a way to streamline my advocacy efforts uh, more towards uh, colorectal cancer versus all cancer, even though you know all cancer is important. But I was thankful to find Fight CRC to be able to have my voice heard specifically for colorectal cancer. What does it mean to be an ambassador? What is what does that entail? 
Well, again, it just, um, I think it's just really an outlet to get your story out there. Uh, you know, being a caregiver, um, I was also thankful to be chosen because a lot of the ambassadors uh, are survivors and currently fighting colorectal cancer. Actually, we had uh, two since ambassador training that have um, unfortunately passed away, but I, I'm just thankful that I was um, chosen even just being a prior caregiver to be able to tell our story. So when I share my story, and I always think back to my one of my favorite books called Start With Why, and the, the book is about that you'll, you will truly make a connection with those that you want to reach when you focus on your purpose, your why. Tell me about your why. Well, um, my why is definitely because I don't, um, I don't want my husband's story to end. I want it to continue. Um, you know, he passed away Mother's Day of 2015, but um, I didn't want his story to end there. It's important for that to continue. It's important for my children to see that we don't let let daddy's story end there. It will continue and we will, um, you know, continue to talk about that in hopes that along the way it can help somebody else. So tell us about Jean. I don't get asked that a lot. So that is, um, that's, that's an emotional question. Um, he was a very, very caring and patient man. Um, he was very health, otherwise healthy. He was training for a half marathon. He was just, um, you know, the if he could be on a commercial for, you know, what healthy looked like, he he would have been on there. So um, he was training for the half marathon in November of 2013, and he was 41 at the time. I um, thought that he should go to um, go to our family doctor and have a physical before um, taking on the marathon, even though he was otherwise healthy. He did have um, blood pressure, high blood pressure, but that was it. So he um, went to the doctor for his blood pressure medication refill. And... Um, at that time, he had mentioned that he had seen some blood in his stool, which he hadn't told me about. Um, I guess he had seen that for a couple of weeks and uh, thought that maybe it was an ulcer because he had had one of those years ago. But um, from there uh, started, um, started the path that he was diagnosed with stage 3C colorectal cancer. How old are your children? My youngest is seven, and then I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. 
So your seven-year-old is old enough to still have some memories. Yes, he was four and a half at the time. So um, he does have, he has has quite a few memories and we try to um, talk about my late husband and in some capacity, he usually comes up every day in a, in a discussion. Um, but for example, um, today that video, um, came out and I, um, had my son watch it after school and I was surprised that he started crying. And so he said that was, that was really sad. And so, you know, even not a lot was said in the video, but it was said in there. I mean, obviously you seen it, but it, it just, had said that we continue to talk about and um, talk about daddy every day. And it's important to keep his story out there. And so just him hearing that at seven uh, made him very emotional. And so I I know he gets emotional um, quite often, but I was surprised that just seeing that little video did, did make him cry today. As he gets older, you know, sometimes some of these memories do fade a little bit. What is it that you want to make sure that stays in his memory about his dad? I am worried about those those memories fading. So that's why I too I do try to talk about it often. But I just want him. It's just very important for him to always remember how much he was loved by my husband and how much my husband wanted to be there and see, you know, some dads are, are not always present for one reason or another, but sometimes because they choose not to, but my husband was one that he would have been out there playing, playing in the yard and playing football and playing sports and going to all his school events and, you know, wanting to be at his, college graduation and you know he wanted him to he actually enrolled him in um i i call it special a special private very expensive preschool at the age of four because he i said are you ready for him to start college now but he (laughs) he just he just wanted everything for for my son and i just think that it's it's important for him for him to know that what is his perspective of the advocacy work you do and as well as your, your adult children? What is, what is their take and how do they view this work that you're doing? Well, they all know that, that I do it because I'm, I'm gone here and there doing different things or traveling or going to um, an event or the other night I had a, a small speaking engagement, but my, my youngest calls it, um, my cancer work. So he knows that, um, you know, why I do it. And I try to explain to him that as you get older, this is something that you can do. You can do the cancer work and you can talk about how, you know, as a child, this is something that you experienced. I mean, it does sound loaded for a seven year old, but, you know, I don't know if it's what he's been through, but he, is um you know he's he's seven going on 20 he's (laughs) he's very he's very smart for his age my other 
my older children, they're aware of what I do. And um, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day because um, she had a friend who recently lost um, his father to colorectal cancer. And she was friends with him throughout um, throughout his illness and she was able to be a support person for him too and she you know she would tell me oh well he's you know he's texting me this and I'm not sure what to say and I was you know trying to help her with that and just help her realize that you just you know just being there and listening is is what he really needs but she had made the comment to me she said I never really realized um, you know, until I started helping somebody, what, you know, what you do all the time. And she said, I'm just really proud of you. And so that meant a lot to me to hear that. I'm sure it did. Did you, did you have experience prior to this in, in any kind of public speaking? No, I did not. What was it like the very first time? Um... I mean, it was, it, it's always emotional to talk about it, but I think, um, I, I feel like I just go into autopilot and I'm just able to, I'm just able to discuss it because I'm always so honored and feel blessed to have the platform to be able to do it that I don't want to waste that be, worrying about being too nervous. I see. I want to go back to when you were a caregiver. What were the emotions when Jean was first diagnosed? You know, what was your immediate reaction? I was definitely in in shock. I know, you know, everybody I'm sure says that they were in shock, but I had not really had any experience with a major uh, cancer diagnosis in my family and I just felt like um, we had been, you know, I had seen cancer occur in other families and I knew it was something, you know, that was horrible and we never wanted that to happen. Maybe that was something that would happen, you know, when we were much older in our eighties. I mean, that's just how, you know, how I kind of feel that I was operating. And so, I felt like there was this bubble that, you know, my family's in a bubble and, you know, this may be happening out there, but it's, it's not going to happen here. And when it happened, it was just such a shock that like, how could this happen to our family? How could this happen to an otherwise healthy person? I mean, just, it was definitely just shock and devastation and just being so scared. What got you through? Uh, I don't know if I really got through. Um, I think we were in, in a survival mode. I think we just were from one appointment to the next, my husband was just um, always positive from the beginning that this was something that 
he was going to beat. He was going to get past it. He was going to do whatever treatment was necessary. And then we were going to move past it. And it was going to be Donnie looked at it um, almost like a job. He was going to complete it. And that was going to be it. But um, unfortunately, that's that's not what happened. Obviously, Mother's Day is an emotional day for you, and you're coming up on the third, the third one for you since he passed. But at the same time, Mother's Day is a celebration of being a mom. What are what are your, you know, how do you approach Mother's Day now? It's not the same, and honestly, I don't, I don't think that it will ever be the same um i don't know it's never it would never have been in an easy day for that to happen but um having it having it fall on the holiday i just i don't know you know i my kids they i still want to stay positive and they you know still want to wish me a happy mother's day and you know, give me a card or my son brings home a project from school and <laughs> I try to stay upbeat about it, but um, just being honest with it only being this only being the third year, it's just I can't I can't wake up on Mother's Day and feel the same way. Sure. And I imagine that's that's hard for the children too. They're they're not sure how to approach it. Right, especially especially um, the older two. I'm not, I'm not so sure if my younger one puts that together with it being uh, Mother's Day. But the older two, um, they, I'm sure that they don't know how to approach it either. Going back to your advocacy work, Dana, what's what's your short term, and what's your long, what's your short term goal, and what is your long term hope? as it relates to the work you're now doing? I'm just hoping that uh, somewhere along the way that me being able to tell my story and share it um, with somebody else out there, whether it be um, a survivor or a caregiver, that it, it would even just make a small difference. So as far as short-term and long-term goal, it's... Um, I really, I really can't say it just, I just want to be able to continue to be able to tell my story and, um, you know, maybe, maybe it will make a difference somewhere along, along the way. I don't think there's any maybe about it. You know, it's not easy to do what you do in the best of circumstances. I think we all agree that, you know, putting ourselves out there and just public speaking on any topic is, is not easy. And, you know, you layer on your personal experience on top of that. I admire your, your courage. I, I truly do. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you coming on the show because this is another opportunity for us to amplify your story and um, preserve, you know, Jean's memory as well. Right. 
I appreciate your time, Dana, and I'm so looking forward to meeting you in Washington next month uh, during Call on Congress. Actually, as I'm recording this, this is kind of funny. I have to keep an eye on my calendar. We're recording this on February 21st. This episode is actually going to come out after Call on Congress. So, um, so I am looking forward to meeting you, but when this comes out, I will have met you, if that makes any sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Our listeners are going, what in the world is he talking about? <laughs> so uh, ho- hopefully they, they now understand, but uh, you know, uh, I'm excited and uh, I'm really excited to become part of the Fight CRC family. And um, already I've, it's been a wonderful experience to be able to connect with truly amazing people like yourself. And, and I consider it a, uh, an honor to, to learn more about you and your story. And uh, thank you for all the work that you do. Well, thank you. It's definitely a great group of people, and I'm definitely thankful to be a part of that group. Well, that's great. Well, I, I really appreciate it, and thanks for being on the show, and I wish you all the best. Well, thank you very much. Thanks to our sponsors, the Colon Cancer Coalition and H2ORS, for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.